Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now, aside from Alaska for some reason due to lack of fast internet and parody Twitter accounts. By the way, The Last Lonely Blockbuster is amazing and you should be following them. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Welcome back, everyone, to the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I'm Chris Chipman. Um, this is episode four, and with me today, I have my friend Dan, who used to work for Movie Gallery. Dan, how's it going? Going pretty good, sir. Yourself? Doing fantastic. Um, we are in the basement of the Chipman compound, um, as we've been recording this podcast lately. Um, really quick, uh, before um, we get into Dan's bits, I just wanted to let everybody who hasn't known about Movie Gallery, known what Movie Gallery was, um, they were the second largest movie and game rental company in the United States and Canada behind Blockbuster at one time. Do you know that? I knew we were close. I wasn't sure if it was us or Hollywood. Yeah, well, this is the thing. The company rented and sold Blu-ray discs, DVDs, VHS, video games. They were founded in Dothan, Alabama. I don't even know where that is. I'm assuming it's small and podunk and whatever. Um, the company was headquartered in Dothan and later in Wilsonville, Oregon. So they moved to the coast. I wonder why. Um, on April 30th, 2010, Movie Gallery announced it was closing, unfortunately, and liquidating all of its stores for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, just like Blockbuster around the same time, even though they hung out a lot longer. At its peak, the firm had about 4,700 stores in North America. And um, those stores, as you said with Hollywood Video, were Movie Gallery and Hollywood Video and Game Crazy, which I had never heard of. I'm thinking that's probably more of a Midwestern thing. The last of the company's stores were closed in 2010 in August. Um, however, Northwest Arkansas reopened in 2011 for some reason by an independent business owner who acquired the trademark rights. In 2013, an independent businessman in Jackson, Mississippi acquired the trademark rights in Mississippi to Movie Gallery and Hollywood Video and announced intentions to reopen select previously profitable stores. I don't know how they think they'd still be profitable, but that's interesting. Um, now, here's the reason why we didn't know Movie Gallery and Hollywood Video were the same thing. Movie Gallery was primarily in rural areas, and Hollywood Video was primarily in cities. So it was just to the name was to attract a different clientele, I guess, which is 
kind of similar to blockbusters. We're going to rent urban movies in cities and then have, you know, movies about, you know, game hunting and ducks and stuff or loons and buggies or whatever else is going on. <laughs> so I found that really interesting. Um, so that's, I didn't know if you knew that about the company you worked for, but I always, Wikipedia is a wonderful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I knew about the Alabama location. We actually had, uh, at one point, a very cool employee who had actually moved up from one of the original stores in Alabama who actually came to my store and was planning on staying there but actually had a hard time finding a place to live in Maine and ended up basically moving back down after living out of his car basically for almost a month. So he had cost of living problems in Maine. Yeah. Oh, that's But sucks. the cost of living in Maine no, no, versus I feel Alabama because well, Because is... Maine's the joke around here. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry. <laughs> I'm from Boston where the cost of living, you basically have to, you know, cut off limbs. Yeah, exactly. So Give up your children. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, no, I actually didn't know we even hung around that long. They did not hang around that long in Maine, where I was from. Those Most of the uh, movie galleries shut down shop a lot sooner. That's awesome. So yeah, um, this is a different thing, um, as you guys are probably already noticing. I've had people I used to work with at Blockbuster. Dan is an old friend of mine, but... I, one, not till recently remembered or knew that you worked at Movie Gallery, and two, didn't know it was around the same time I worked for Blockbuster, and three, we're going to fight and see who wins. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so t tell us about um, your history with the Movie Gallery. So, Movie Gallery, growing up, we actually had Home Vision Video, which got bought out by Movie Gallery in an acquisition. Never changed the color scheme, pretty much the logo changed slightly, but otherwise it was the same kind of ugly maroon and gold I love movies, working at a movie store would be awesome. But at the time, they were requiring you to be 18 to work at the, uh, at the store. You, they weren't hiring anybody under 18. Huh. So I started out at McDonald's, worked at McDonald's, and then due to some conflict with the manager and trying to schedule, still going to college and getting hours and all of that, I finally left uh, working for McDonald's, went to movie gallery, and I started um, in November 99. And in terms of, you would understand, I worked on, my first day was a Tuesday, which was actually the release of Big Daddy on VHS. Oh, jeez. Why do I remember that? I don't know, but we had like, a, I felt like a bajillion copies lining one of our sections of the new release wall. Um, and I worked there basically uh, till December 2001. Uh, we can get into a little bit further on why I left. But due to a conflict with a manager, I left. I wanted to get a transfer to the Mill Creek uh, location in South Portland, the next town over. Basically, both stores were about equal distance from my house. It was about three miles to go to one store, three miles to go to the other. Uh, I wanted to go work for the South Portland store, asked for a transfer. I was refused a transfer. And then due to con constantly butting heads, I ended up leaving, uh, gave my notice, and had to kind of take a couple months off working there before I could go reapply, and I got hired for the... Uh, because it sounds like they use the exact same hiring system as Blockbuster. Uh, probably. Yeah. And it was just a matter of... So I had to wait, and then I got... So left December 01, and then got rehired at the Mill Creek store, which was a much better store, uh, in uh, basically February 02. And I worked there. I graduated college in June that year, and then I stayed on for probably about another four months really not working all that much because I had a quote-unquote real job at the time, but I really liked free rentals, so I would still work a couple of times uh, a month in order to maintain my free rentals. Right. That, I, I did the same thing when I was in college. I worked on Saturday. 
Yeah, I did. I did so a I lot of keep Friday. My free rentals. I worked a lot of Friday nights or Saturday nights, depending on what worked out for my uh, work schedule. It, it's funny you mentioned that about the manager and the company not allowing you to transfer because for DeWuber and I talked about this on the last podcast with my buddy Steve, and I was a one day a week employee went back to school. And Scott wanted to bring me with him to that store, but the new manager at um, Salem wouldn't have it. And we weren't really sure why at first, but it seemed because he had his little sleeper cell, assistant store manager in the other store, continuing the BS he was trying to pull. So he would only allow me to go if Scott would trade him his full-time assistant store manager for a while. And Scott said, yeah, fine, screw this guy, and sent him over. But I had to do the same thing. I had to leave and come back. They wouldn't let me transfer. I had to be let go from the company and then reapply. It was really annoying. Yeah, no, the the manager was awesome at the South Portland Mill Creek store. Um, I had worked, I had gone over there to help out like once, but it wasn't like a full transfer kind of position. Her name was Mickey. She was the coolest manager. She was super laid back, super fun. And when I couldn't get a transfer, she had tried to get me transferred as well. And the Scarborough manager just was, nope, not having it. So basically, I left and came back and ended up working for her and her assistant manager, Chris, who, again, were just great people. And it was a much funner store. Uh, One of the things that they got to have at the Mill Creek location we couldn't have in Scarborough was an employee choice section. Yeah. Which an employee. Goddamn corporate bastards. So with that, that was so exciting to be able to pick up, pick out movies and I could change them out however, however often I wanted to for the uh, employee choice. And one of the other fun things that they used to have at the Mill Creek store, which due to the fact that they were from the South and probably for some religious reasons, they were not a fan of the terminology cult classics. And we had an awesome cult classic section when I first started there. And I remember being in uh, high school and renting great classics such as Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Heart. Hell yeah. And Meet the Feebles and Bad Taste and all these other amazing movies that otherwise kind of hard to categorize into many of the sections. So cult worked perfectly. But after basically the it was a little bit more of the corporate... Uh, stepping in, they decided cult classics was not an okay thing to have anymore. They didn't like the connotation of having the word cult in it. So it became manager's choice, and it was a very large section that we had, which was great. That's awesome. I actually like that, too. That actually might even draw more attention to it, as strange as that sounds. Oh, absolutely. But again, when the store that was originally set up, they had an awesome big section right in the front, is where they had the cult classics, and then it got moved more towards the back of the store to the manager's choice. But again, didn't change the selection. Mickey still went out of her way to make sure that we kept really great kind of off-the-wall movies in there. And for being a chain like that, that was really cool. Yeah, having, having a bad taste or meet the feebles on the wall at any video store, chain or not, is impressive. Oh, <laughs> the best part is the giant sticker that's placed on the front of the VHS box over the shrink wrap, letting you know this is not a children's movie because it looks like Muppets. I'm sure it's an okay movie. What's this R rating? I'm sure it's fine. Did... Speaking of that, you know, a month from now, um, The Happy Time Murders comes out. Uh, yes, I'm also very curious of that, just based, again, on the Meet so, the Feebles. So The Happy Time Murders has been in development for like 10 years. It is directed by Brian Henson, Jim Henson's <laughs> son, under the Henson Company brand. That is Which is now split ways. So Henson split ways from Sesame Street and split ways from the Muppets. Mm-hmm. So Brian Henson owns the Henson Company, or whatever it's called now, and does television shows 
and they're doing uh, the Dark Crystal sequel on Netflix. I didn't know mm-hmm. if you knew about that. I've That's watched their be little awesome. initial teasers yeah. and stuff they've done. And so he's been trying to make this movie, but I couldn't... Like, I was like, okay, this is going to be a dirty movie, but it's going to be like a Hollywood dirty movie. And then I watched the trailer and I went, he's going full feebles with this thing. A 100% <laughs> the, uh, the Red Band sex scene that they've shown on the... Uh, oh my God. I saw on YouTube, I was just like, wow. And okay. the, the what, All Sesame No Street, they actually got sued by the Sesame Street company. And um, a judge threw it out, and when when it got thrown out, they basically said this, you know, we could see this hurting the brand if there were Sesame Street characters in the trailer. If yeah. he had used, like, you know, Elmo or something and had him yeah. get shot. But they said, you use the word all Sesame, no street. That didn't say, this is Sesame Street. You say this is not a children's film. It's got R-rated all over it. Yeah, people are probably still going to bring their kids, because they still brought their kids to fucking Deadpool. But <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, yeah, so um, uh, what was the next thing? I, I had something that popped into my head. So I worked down here, which is a, in Massachusetts, a pretty busy area. What's it like um, in you know Maine for like these video stores? You said South Portland and Scarborough are right near each other. That's a pretty high concentration of people, but it's still Maine. How busy were these stores? Um, both of them were lower level among the... When you, I can't remember the store size numbers. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think it was we were considered both stores. I, I think Scarborough was a three, South Portland was a four. I think the highest one that we had in Maine might have been considered a seven or an eight as okay. far as busyness goes. Yep. So that probably correlated almost exactly to thousands of dollars on a weekend night or something like that's that. That's probably something along yeah. those lines. Because so, Blockbuster was similar. You had the four, five thousand, six thousand was a pretty heavy traffic store. So yeah, you know, we had the typical, you know, Friday, Saturday night rush like any video store, you know, back in the day had. Um, certainly I don't based on your discussions of hearing the, about the store line wrapped around the store. It was insane. We, we did not usually have that. Not we got four registers happen. going. Oh, see, we had, we only ever had two registers going, and um, so it was never really that terrible. I worked a lot. I usually never had to do both. I would either do a Friday or a Saturday night. Usually didn't have to do them back to back, but I was almost always working a Monday night to do the wall. Yep. As soon as Monday, I actually enjoyed that. I liked that as well, and it was one of those things. The Scarborough store had a ton, a ton of turnover, so there was a manager who had been there for a really long time. And basically, due to health issues, she was kind of leaving the company. So she was not going to be working um, anymore with Triple uh, uh, or not Triple A. That's where she currently work. Working for oh um, boy, we've lost him, folks. Uh, <laughs> sorry, working for a movie gallery, and so she left. And then I think over the course of a year, we ended up having three different store managers that like kind of came in and went. Oh, that and sounds about right. So basically, me and another girl who was. Never actually, I think, officially the assistant store manager, but basically we were the two assistant store managers that ran the store because we were perpetually during these downtimes having to get like a different store manager who'd come in to assist. But because I had been there for a while and I understood how everything went, um, she we kind of worked as a team on Mondays. She would be very good about getting all the boxes shrink-wrapped for me during the day on Monday. So when I came in and worked my shift, I could go and get the wall done fairly quickly so i would go out and you know do the spacing on the wall start moving you know movies down that we're gonna pop have to the go- tapes open uh, stick uh, the foam in oh, straight yeah. crap oh see we didn't even no oh, we did the foam oh, we started with foam and then eventually switched over to these weird plastic inserts to help kind of keep the oh i like the that's cool that's good yeah they weren't they weren't bad and they um 
but again, those foam, when you had them, the little styrofoam balls literally stuck to everything because, you know, you go to slide it in, you perpetually have just that little bit of scraping, so you have... Uh, DVDs ended up making everything so much easier in that uh, respect. So much easier, but... Did you have the boxes and boxes full of cover boxes? Oh, yeah. Broken down in the back, like, oh, this movie has to go up for sale. Someone go find the Red Shoe Diaries 6 single box that we still have back there. You know, uh, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. we Again. Urban Legend Final Cut. I don't know if, like, your store. We tried to keep them organized. We did, too. We tried. But, you know, perpetually, somebody went and grabbed, you know, a stack of movies and literally just stuck it in a random box one day because... They just wanted to do it before their shift was over, and it was just a matter of, like, cool, they're done. And it was not done right, because then later on, when it comes to selling those movies, you can't find oh, anything. garbage. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, again, we were busy, but, again, based on your stories, and even my travels to other video stores, definitely did not, we didn't get killed like other places did, for sure. So, uh, but one of the fun things about one of the stores, again... Having been there for a while and being considered a, one of the better employees, despite really not working all that often, it was more or less because I was going to college, um, we had uh, zero rents. I'm sure Blockbuster, you guys probably did something similar. We called it Field Destroy, yeah. A, a um, little report would come up that tells you, hey, pull these things off the wall and get rid of them. And you were supposed to either sell them or trash them, but most of the time the employees just took them home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well... Again, for us, zero rents. Anything that didn't rent in six months was pulled off the shelf. Now, my store in Scarborough really didn't do a whole lot to, for our used movie sales were always pretty poor. We just didn't sell that many. But when I went to Mill Creek, Mill Creek was awesome because it was considered a liquidation store. So basically, all these movies would come in from all the surrounding ah. video stores and basically... They all just went into a room, and I got put in charge of sorting those movies, which is a person who loved movies, nothing more amazing than getting to decide what these movies are valued at, from 99 cents to, I believe, the, a new release that somehow got transferred to us would go in at 5.99. That's awesome. And it was buy two, get the third free. I will say there was very few shifts that I worked at Mill Creek that I didn't take home a minimum of six movies. Oh, I've got so many bags full. Uh, it was... Um, and so... Um, now, did you guys ever have in your store, you know, again, pre-internet days, the video hounds guide to movies? Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, we'd have those in the stores to try to assist people when they're trying to come up with a movie they can't yep. remember. Yep. But I actually had video hounds guide to cult flicks and trash picks. <gasps> I had two different volumes of it, which were amazing. And I basically read that thing cover to cover, and it would describe all these amazing cult movies. And when I started working there, all of a sudden, I suddenly had access to being able to get these movies, you know, and... So that book became your checklist. Oh, absolutely. And so I just got so many movies, it was stupid. So I just got more and more, and again, I was the one in charge of pricing. So guess what I wanted? Everyone went into the 99 cents, and I would just... And no one was going to question it. Yeah. yeah. You made a sale. They just wanted them gone, so it was a matter of that. Now, one of the fun things about this liquidation store was the fact that we had a special room that was built for these movies to be stored. Well, not really, but it's what became of it. So, people may be familiar with the grocery store chain, Shaw's. Oh, yeah. Shaw's owned the plaza that we were in, in that store. 
Now these were always in Shaw's Plazas. Yeah. Well, my, my first, blockbuster was in a Shaw's Plaza. Well, my original was in a Hannaford Plaza. Oh, uh, that was the Scarborough. We're classier. But, Shop and save. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we go uh, and Food I was lion. Oh, sorry, Food Lion fans. Um, anyway, the uh, I was working at Scarborough at the time, and all of a sudden, word got out uh, about quite the kerfuffle that the uh the, the kerfuffle that the South Portland Mill Creek store got in because now they had had for a little while a truly adult porn room not just the mature you know red shoe diaries or the occasional playboy that's video. as far as blockbuster would ever go was the red shoe diaries because they were a christian owned company yeah so well, we had our mature section um that you know was pretty popular in scarborough but we didn't actually rent porn but the south portland did and they had well, it was basically a little tiny curtained off room to start with. But then they decided, let's renovate the whole store. And they built a large room with the full intention of having a large adult triple X section. They literally finished this. It's been open about a week. And the story that was told to me was that a manager from Shaw's took his family to go rent a movie from this movie gallery and all of a sudden sees a giant brand new porn room that was built for the store. This happened on a Saturday night. Come Monday, movie gallery was hit with a uh, notice to remove all of the porn from the store because it's in their, uh, apparently their lease agreement that they are not allowed to rent any pornography. Yeah. So they said... That suddenly, kind of stuff happened a lot. So they bothered, never they never bothered to check about putting this room in, brought in all this, rev, all this, these tapes. All the smut. All the smut. And all of a sudden, they suddenly couldn't use this large room that they built. And they suddenly didn't know what to do with this room, which is why it became the liquidation store. Because like, oh, we can store a ton of extra movies in here. And they had like a folding card table that would be set up in that room for the local manager's meeting. So they would go and meet there. Perfect. So that's what that became. But again, they had the porn room that was shut down before we ever, I ever started working that store, but we all would laugh at the fact that the so, South Portland So store did was you say you'd go meet in the porn room when you had a manager's meeting? I didn't get to attend the manager's meeting, but we uh, absolutely teased our manager at the time. They're like, oh, so you're going to go meet in that room, huh? And then ask, and jokingly ask if there was any uh, tapes left behind. Jeez, it probably was. <laughs> Might have been. They were all gone by the time I got around to working there. But uh, again, it was... Being a liquidation store was awesome to be able to get whatever tapes I wanted. Um, fun little side note about that. My wife and I, while we were dating, uh, we'd moved to get in together from, moved from Maine to North Carolina for a few years while she was going to grad school. And she had come over, you know, to my apartment and knew that I had a ridiculous amount of uh, VHS tapes. And she said, you know, before we moved to North Carolina, maybe you should probably think about downsizing your collection just a hair. And ended up having, uh, I sold approximately 200 VHS tapes to Bull Moose that still didn't really look like I put that much out of my collection. Oh, Bull Moose. And they were basically paying me about 50 cents a tape. But hey, it worked out nice. I got a bunch of store credit. 100 bucks, yeah. I then just turned around and upgraded a bunch of those movies to DVD instead. <laughs> hey, it's half the space. Absolutely. It's probably a third of the space, actually. I don't even know anymore. That's awesome. So, now, one of the cool things about the Mill Creek location is we were in eyesight of the one and only Blockbuster store I really had in the area. So, 
people, I'm sure you probably did you guys had sabotage this. each other? We did not. We actually worked pretty, you know, pretty well together. Though I will say that despite numerous people's askings, we would refuse to go and call the Blockbuster to see if they have the movie when we didn't oh, have the movie. Oh, I remember that. Can you guys call Hollywood Video and see if you have it? No. Yeah. No. I would be willing to call another movie gallery, yeah. but I will not call the, our competition to see if they carry it. But... Because, again, we were so close and people would literally rent from both stores, we would come in in the morning and in our Dropbox would be several blockbusters and they would have several of our movies. So we usually would have that call mid-morning, hey, I've got a few of your tapes here. Oh, cool, we got a few of yours. And we'd take turns over who ran the tapes over to each other. So, you know, and to perpetually, I remember we, again, had customers who would go to return it and be like, I'm sorry, this isn't go here. It goes across the street. Oh, can you just run that over? No. Yeah, why, why can't you do it? You, you guys are all the same thing, aren't you? Yeah, no. Did you get um, other movie galleries tapes? We did. How yeah. did that store handle that? We would generally call the uh, the actual store they came from. And manual check-in over the phone? Yeah, we would yeah. try to do stuff like that. Yeah. that uh, it was funny that it, with a store like that, they couldn't just have an inventory system that just allowed you to do that. Yeah. I don't get it, but... Yeah, we never really had that whole setup there to be able to... No, no one did. Yeah, it was a pain. But again, I living where I did, I would sometimes do the manual check-in and then go and just drop yeah. off the tapes because it was just as easy for me to do that. And sometimes my boss would again clock me in for like a half hour pay to be able to to run run tapes over. So I wasn't going to say no to money that way. Well, I was basically going to go there to go to Hanford anyway. Right. So this is it's so weird to get insight to how similar they are. Oh, uh, even the, though it's a very different. You know, de- very different overseeing. I wonder, I, I know that neither of us probably have the info on this, but do you, what was Movie Gallery's parent company? Do you know? I honestly don't know. I don't think we ever really... Because Blockbuster had Viacom and Paramount, oh. which is which is how they ended up killing all the little video stores anyway. It was mm-hmm. in, in Movie Gallery, Hollywood Video, they were all West Coast Video around here. They yeah. were all kind of in that same vein of, we have deals with the companies, so your local store gets two copies of Independence Day, we get 350 and and that's how they it's that whole thing well blockbusters got it just yeah. go over there um it was that guarantee right we guarantee you we're going to have it you know is the is the big deal yeah i don't think we ever got into the guarantees blockbuster thing blockbuster did we gave out so many coupons <laughs> we um i remember they would do um guarantees on our classics that you in, would enjoy the movie yeah yeah and if you don't like it you get a free, free rental one. yeah and i remember literally having this discussion with an employee there at the Scarborough one. This is, I think, possibly before I started actually working at the Scarborough location because I rented the Troma classic, Surf Nazis Must Die. Woohoo! It was not a good movie. No, but I, I love it. I own it. Well, there you go. I, I It was one of those movies, again... I oh, love, it's terrible. I love Troma, but that's not one of the Tromas I love. No, the movie's terrible. But the title is a title in the video box was alone to make me like, obviously, I need this. So it was one of those things. I rented it. I'm like, this is awful. And then I was reading the box, and on the box it talks about this guarantee, and you get a return. So I literally went back, and apparently the person I was dealing with the store had no idea what I was talking about, and they were still appalled by the fact that I had rented a movie called Surf Nazis Must Die. And somehow I think they determined that I probably shouldn't get the free rental because you rented this kind of You're garbage. arguing the quality of surf nazis must die dan i am 100 percent. so it was a matter of I, I expected a classic of hollywood um brilliance well you know again i grew i was a kid who grew up on usa up all night when trauma would take over and i'd watch have all you seen of... they've got joe bob briggs on shutter 
No. You remember Joe Bob Briggs? Yeah, Monster Vision. Yeah, they've got um he he ran a 24-hour horror marathon on Shutter called Joe Bob Return to the Drive-In or something like that. And That's it awesome. went it, it was a clusterfuck because Shutter's service is terrible, but um People still loved it, and I guess he had a blast. So it's going to become a regular thing. Nice. I actually have not used Shutter, but I've heard great things. Yeah, about I, I don't it. have any. I didn't watch it, but I was reading it. And I, Joe Bob Briggs is just for, for those of you listening to this. I hope people listening to this would know who Joe Bob Briggs was. But he ran a late night kind of like um, very similar to the Elvira and. Um, what's the guy Sven Gulli right now that does it? Um, late night, you know, here's some cool old creepy movies, and he would do commentary in between them, and um, ran it. His his whole shtick was he was kind of like a trailer park living like southern guy that you know would go to these movies all the time, and also had an incredibly deep dive knowledge of these terrible movies. And um, you you, you got to check him out. You got to check out. I'm sure you can find. On YouTube, when he was on, it was on USA, right? Was he on uh, USA up all night? I think it was TNT. TNT. I, I get yeah, all those. The TNT confused. Monster Vision yeah. uh, with Joe Bob Briggs. I remember I would get so excited when it'd be like a kaiju double feature kind of thing. It would be like, okay, I'm tuned in for all night for this, and have to fight with my parents over like the television because it's like, no, no, I really want to watch this. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that again, I just love this kind of trash movies. But yeah, Surf Nazis Must Die. I'm sorry, not a fan. That's all right. I own it though. All right. It is not one of the better trauma movies. Yeah, it's true. Spe- speaking of trauma, since this is kind of a movie podcast, quick aside: Did you hear what happened to uh, trauma alumni James Gunn? Yeah, uh, that sucks, huh? It absolutely sucks to to dredge up these old tweets. Like, I get one hundred percent in poor taste, but enough oh, to ho- they they were horrible. Yeah. It wasn't, it, but but ho- horrible writing, horrible jokes. Again, jokes is a rough term around these because they weren't funny. But they're not action, and you can't even compare them to action. Yeah, I don't know. Again, these all existed prior to the last two Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And he already got raked over the coals by Disney for it in the first Guardians movie when someone first tried to pull his shit. Yeah, um, it's it's one of these things. It's I'm very disappointed to see this happen. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that at he'll some be, point he'll be fine. But... Well, absolutely. Again, he's a great writer. He's done such. He did such a great job with those movies. And again, I liked his other stuff as well. Slither and um, Tromeo Super, and Juliet. Tromeo and Juliet. Um, so I still actually have not read his book Toy Collector, but I no, really I really want to read that one. Have you ever read Lloyd Kaufman's books? I have not. They're... I actually have um, the. <laughs> You feel like you're committing a crime while you're reading them. They're hilarious, but it's the editor pretends that he's even disgusted by Lloyd, so he'll black out entire chapters and go, I'm not even letting you get away with this. Excellent. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good. I've had the opportunity to meet Lloyd a few times. He's, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. He's such a nice guy. He's super <laughs> funny. Um, so, yeah. Um, now I just had to throw that in there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, you know, again, speaking of these kind of movies... Now, did Blockbuster, did you guys have much in the way of trauma, or did that... Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, So any of the trauma movies that got a rating, Blockbuster would carry. So, for instance, there's an R-rated cut of The Toxic Avenger. Mm -hmm. There's an R-rated cut of... um, I actually think... Sergeant Kabuki Man might have even been a PG thirteen movie. I don't even think that yeah, was. Yeah, I don't our... think there was anything that bad. Yeah, that was just more weird. That that was. Um, but yeah, we had a few of them. Um, anyone that could get a rating, we'd cover. So like, we had the Toxic Avenger four because I think that was went to theaters, so they couldn't yeah. release it as NC seventeen. Gotcha. Um, so there's that. Now, for us, uh, Scarborough, I think we might have had the original Toxic Avenger. That was the only one in the. The thing, the South Portland store, again, our manager's choice section, we had, I don't know if the fourth one had 
come out when I was still working there or not, but at least they had the first three, uh, which worked out great. But uh, again, did you ever have the quote-unquote cooler video stores? Uh, so for us in Portland, there was Videoport. Now, Videoport actually only just bit the dust about two years ago. Yeah, they the, the little mom and pops stuck around a lot longer. They did, and this particular store was amazing because their selection, they got their hands on everything. Even things they probably shouldn't have had their hands on because they would rent things like the unreleased Fantastic Four movie from the nineties. Oh, oh, that horribly wonderful piece of shit. Oh, uh, they had that. They had a like a boot which they made only to keep the brand. Oh yeah, you I to, think that's awesome. They had to keep the copyright, so it's like we have to film it. That was Roger Corman. Yeah. So they uh, they had that. They had Battle Royale before there was ever an American release for it. So again, I'm watching it, and I'm pretty sure it was a fan dub. But I was still so excited to to rent it. Um, but they had a section that was literally called Weird. And then there was Even Weirder, which was for the really off the wall. But And then Depraved. <laughs> That's the third <laughs> But their, their selection was out of this world. And they also were super cool about having different uh, rentals during the week. Where it would be like Mid-Aisle Monday. So, oh, cool. So you could rent any movie in the store and you got a free rental from the Middle Aisle. Which included Weird, Even Weirder, Horror. Yeah, we, Blockbuster did the Favorites thing. Which was the same idea. And then, like, if you had the rewards program, you'd the Favorites were anything that wasn't on the new release oh, wall. nice. And then you'd get a, a... There was a day a week, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, where everybody got a free Favorites rental with their rental, even if they weren't part of the program. Very nice. Was, but around here, we had um, a store called Atlas Video, which closed way back at the beginning of Blockbuster. But they had the, like, leather, disgusting, like, the full leather clamshells. Remember when oh. all the video stores used to have those? It, it, it looked like a Dewey Decimal System way. It was all just, there's no cover box or anything. It was just oh, the yeah. walls. And we got some cool shit there. Lynn being a very ethnic um, area, we had a ton of Korean and Japanese um, Cambodian small video stores where you could get really cool stuff. Nice. Um, I had a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of friends growing up. They were very much into martial arts films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Indian like video, a lot of Bollywood type stuff, and so they always had an arcade box. That's how they got people in. So you, that's where we'd go and play Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean and stuff oh, like yeah. that when it was first there. Um, but Atlas Video was cool, but that's now a nail salon. That was we used to walk there from my house. But there was a store in downtown Lynn called Video Craze. And Video Craze was a one-off, but it was the si- it was bigger than a Blockbuster. Video Craze was giant. It was like the size of a of a Walgreens. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was really big, and um, they uh, the entire outside of the store was lined, and they they would have the amount of videos a Blockbuster would have. I loved that store. Um, their video game section was like the size of Toys R Us's video game sales section. Nice. Like it was just insane. And it was its own separate room and it had yeah. its own separate rental desk. So if mm-hmm. you wanted a game, you had a person that knew. It was a really cool place. But the thing I remember about Video Craze is they stuck around not as long as Blockbuster, but when Blockbuster was really peaking and everyone else was dying, Video Craze stuck around. And what they did is they halved the store and turned the entire second half into porn. So there was this <laughs> giant black curtain across the back. The whole back of the store. It was hilarious. That's and awesome. we knew a couple people that worked there and they had a shotgun under the desk because it was in downtown Lynn. Um, but then there was another one that sadly just recently went. But there's a good there's a good side to this story. 
um, there's a place called Chet's Video in Marblehead. And Chet's Video, the guy, he was a local businessman. This was his store. It was a candy store that also rented videos that also, you know, was like a corner store type of a thing. And we would always get crap from all the headers, as we called them, coming to the Swampskit Blockbuster when I worked there saying, you guys are ruining Chet's video. Well, surprise, surprise, Chet stuck around almost 10 years longer than Blockbuster, which is awesome. And Chet was a really cool guy. He actually used to rent from us, which, mm-hmm. which was cool. And... Um, what happened is, I guess a year or two ago, I don't know, if, I'm assuming Chet's still alive. I don't know if it was that he passed away in his family, but something happened where he finally had to close Chet's video in downtown Marblehead. And Crosby's, I think, picked him up. And now the video's gone, of course, but he can still run his candy store out of the local Crosby's. Nice. So they're still selling his stuff, and I guess he works there, I think. So So that I guess they lost the building, but didn't lose the brand. Oh, so cool. that that's really cool. So it's cool to see a story of a local mom-and-pop type thing that wasn't destroyed, and Blockbuster's bye-bye oh, <laughs> a long, long time ago, and he's still there, so... Well, with uh, Videoport, they actually kind of had a happy ending when they finally closed a couple years ago. They went and took and donated almost their entire video collection to the Portland Public Library. That's awesome. So the idea is these movies aren't gone and they're still available to the public to get. Uh, I don't know exactly how all that works with some of the pirated type material that they were renting, but regardless... I'm sure the library just doesn't pay attention. It probably is the case. We have Battle Royale now. That's a book. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... Uh, it was another one of the really fun um, local places when I was growing up was a place that eventually got bought out by Home Vision Video, which got bought out by Movie Gallery. You know, continuing that chain, but it was a place called Don's Video. Now Don's Video had, and I remember, I think it forever shaped me in loving horror because of this. Is they, you know, it's a typical video store, but then they had kind of this back cove kind of area. That most of the movies were lit by black light. Oh, that's sick. And it was a horror section that they literally had a mannequin dressed up like Freddy and one dressed up like Jason. And then they would have other spooky stuff in there. And I just remember, again, as a kid, it terrified me to go in there. But I wanted to go in there because it was so much fun to look at these all these boxes that my mom would not let me rent at all, despite me trying really hard. But, you know, it was just super cool. And again, video... The artwork on VHS boxes, especially horror movies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They were horror just... movies are the best because they sometimes were selling you a completely different movie, and it doesn't matter. Oh, it absolutely. Was great. They gave somebody a vague idea of like, can you draw a, t- a cover for this? And they would draw it based on little to no information about the film. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it was uh, again, love that kind of stuff. Friday the Thirteenth always historically had some of the best cover art, especially the ones that are not selling the right movie. <laughs> were very good. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It was one of my favorites. I remember walking in and always seeing there was a... I'm not going to remember the name of the movie now, but the cover had a guy, like, it was like the top half of his body and it had wires coming in and out. It wasn't like Hellraiser or anything. It was it was like a body horror, like sci-fi horror movie. I can never remember the name of it, but it had the best cover. And it, used, it grossed me out. Like, it scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. And I, I just remember it being there. Um, the Puppet Master movies always I was about to say great, anything by Full Moon Fever. Full Moon had such great cover art. Yeah, oh, Full Moon Golden Globus and Full Moon. Demonic Toys versus Demonic the Doll Man. Demonic Toys versus and, the Doll Man. Oh, again, 
So I know you through my stepbrother Mike. Oh yeah, and the Colonel. Yeah, <laughs> and I, him and I would watch so many terrible movies, especially when I worked at the video store because I would just rent things and we bring them home. Like Uncle Sam wants you dead. I own Uncle Sam. <laughs> that is amazing. But yeah, we oh, we watched. It's this, terrible. Oh, it's straight up terrible. But we'd watch things like that together. Like we watched Meeting Meet the Feebles. That's a movie I rented and watched with Mike, and he literally he had just randomly happened to be home on a Saturday night and because he was much more popular than me and we, it was he was the, much more popular than me yeah well, <laughs> he's a rock star he does what he's gonna do he is a rock star but yeah it was just one of these things he happened to be home and I think he wasn't even gonna stick around and then started watching the movie with me and then couldn't leave until it was over because again just so out there um, um have you ever seen Jack Frost not the Michael Keaton one, even though that's uh, horrifying. In its I own have, way. but I have not seen the sequel, which is somehow he goes. You to... have to see the sequel. He goes to a, um, a tropical <laughs> island. <laughs> this is about a killer snowman, folks. It's basically the exact same plot as Shocker. Oh, great Wes Craven. But it's a sand. Uh, no, the, then there's the Sandman. That's a different one, which is the same plot as Shocker. But you know, criminal dies, but somehow dies and gets hit with goo. That may or may not turn him into a snowman. It's very weird. Yeah, absolutely. It's Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 level weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is... Is the one where most of the movie is just shots of the first movie? Okay, yep, that's what I wanted to make sure. Yeah. I was a big fan of Leanna Quigley, you know, 80s Scream Queen, and she uh, gets impaled by the deer on the wall, I believe, in the first one, which yep. I think there's multiple clips of in the second one, if See, I'm not yeah, mistaken. The, the first one's actually a pretty good slasher movie, and the second one is on some crazy level of peyote that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, man. It, like, the movie will completely shift in tone, and the killer will just come in and kill people, and then they'll go back into exposition about the first movie. You're like, what the fuck is going on here, oh, man? man. Now, oh, to actually, I guess, probably bring it back to, you know, the video store instead of our 80s horror movie yeah, tangent. Yeah, thank you. Um, Sorry, yeah, I do. No worries. I, Again, I, that's I would, what I do. I would gladly talk about this for another hour, but I'm not sure that that's what this is supposed to be. Um, now, did you guys have a public bathroom in your store? We didn't, but we did. Okay. We didn't advertise it, but if people asked, we let them use it. We also had the manager's pit a manager's room bathroom which was used for storage and the toilet didn't work but we had um we had posters on the wall in the bathroom that we let customers use and our goal was to make them we'd put up like the poster for fight club and like the poster for um uh child's play we, we put up things to make people uncomfortable <laughs> for fun nice nice american beauty oh. <laughs> so what jimmy a- neutron boy genius all over the place on that. <laughs> um, I need to show you the Jimmy Neutron poster. That's a topic of another podcast because I need to save that one for Jeremy. Okay. But I need to show you the Jimmy Neutron poster. All right. Um, let's just say, without going into the storyline, it all came from me and my friend Jeremy walking along the new release wall and seeing a movie with on the front that had erotic, gorgeous Roger Ebert. And I went, that's the same thing he said about Jimmy Neutron. And it went from there. <laughs> but... It's, but that's just a teaser i'll be tuning in for that episode so we didn't have a public bathroom now when i worked at the scarborough store especially we didn't stop people from pissing in the corner oh again you have children in the children's section that you know everything smelled like maple syrup and piss uh it's not wrong not wrong um but 
So Scarborough location, now our entrance was less than 50 feet from the entrance to Hannaford, which did have a public bathroom right in the front of the store. So very close by. Now I have a story. I know the person's name still because it's forever burned in my memory because of how unpleasant this whole experience was, but I will not choose to acknowledge his name to uh, avoid you having to edit and bleep out things. Donald Trump. <laughs> oh no, not that. This isn't the right podcast. Sorry. <laughs> so it's a, uh, I, I think <laughs> I think it's maybe like a random Thursday night. It's not a busy night for us yet. So we haven't hit like thing, but it's a matter of this gentleman probably in his forties walks in with a 10 year old and two probably 15 or 16 year olds. Oh no. He walks into the store, barely into the store, comes over to the counter. Do you guys have a public bathroom? No, I'm sorry, we don't. Hannaford's right next door. The bathroom's right in the front. Oh, okay, thanks. Gentleman continues around the store for probably another 15, 20 minutes, then comes back up to the counter. He has two movies in his hand, but the two, uh, he's with the 10-year-old, and the two teenagers are still looking around. And he asked me again, you sure you don't have a public bathroom? I'm sorry, sir, we really don't. And at this point, the gentleman loses his mind at me. He lets me know that he worked at the Whip and Spoon, which was a small kitchen store in downtown Portland, which again, apparently didn't have a public bathroom, but he said he's yelling at me, explaining that he worked there for 10 years. And if anybody ever had to use the bathroom, he would let them because this is ridiculous. And I said, sir, I apologize, but... I'm the only one in company policy. It's a company policy. I'm also the only one in the store at the moment, so I'm not going to let anybody go into the back room to use the public, the the employee bathroom, because I'd have to leave the store unattended to do so. And I'd have to let you near all the merchandise. Yeah. So there's no point of having you go back there. And again, we're so close to the other store, the other place with a public bathroom in the front of the store. There's no reason not to. I offer to the gentleman has the two movies in his hands. I know that the other two are people he was with are still looking at movies. I offered to hold on to that movie for him while he goes and uses that bathroom. At which point he chucks both of these movies at Woo-hoo! me. I love these people. Tells me to f and forget it, and takes off. Now the uh, he ends up calling to the two teenagers. All four of them leave. They come back into the store. Now he's told me to forget it. Now in the meantime, this has been probably about 15, 20 minutes before he comes back. My uh, my coworkers come back from the uh their break and i explained to them what just happened they're like that's crazy but for us we'd put our movies on the sun section of the counter to be put away yeah, yeah. so i was running register this other person had already kind of closed the drawer for the night because for us it was a thursday it was going to be slow we could get away with one register and it was a matter of they were putting away the movies they put away this guy's two movies that he had you told at me, me you were gonna fucking hold on to them for me and he suddenly shows up to the counter with no movies in his hands like where are those movies and i'm <laughs> At this point, I'm like, well, sir, you threw them at me and told me to forget it when I offered to that. And then he get, starts in about, this is effing ridiculous. And I said, hold on. And I remember what two movies they are. I don't at this point remember what they are, but they're on the new release wall. I run over and grab the two movies, pay for, you know, he pays for them. And at which point he tells me, I will never come back to this store. This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And again, I do remember checking like a week later and he'd also still come back into the store. And still of course he movies. did. Because again, you weren't going to go away. And what are you holding over me? You're not paying my paycheck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, It's going to be more being fired for letting you into the back room and un- leaving the store unattended in the meantime. And by the way, he is technically paying your paycheck. That was a stupid comment. But yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. His $4.25 is not hurting anybody. Oh, dude, we weren't even at that point. We were still under $4 for our rentals when I was doing it. I believe it was three ninety eight. 
which was super annoying because we always had to throw the two pennies back. Yeah. So, and then people would be like, I don't want them. Okay, cool. And then you just set them off to the side in a dish. Yeah. But speaking of which, now, um, later on, I, like I said before, you couldn't work there unless you were 18. Well, we were struggling for employees, so they dropped it to be able to 16. Now, I have a feeling that was probably because of the 10 o'clock rule, right? It was. Because you guys were open until midnight just like us? No, we were clo- We closed at 10. But you. Oh. But that's when the store closed, yep. which meant that you then had to do the closing stuff. We which, closed at midnight, which was the hard uh, part of. I can't even imagine that, or you even. That's where about... the two to ten shift came from. Yeah, two to ten shift was the because that's where you put the manual labor. Like you're gonna run tapes all fucking day. Yeah, like, just get out there and run, 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 run. <laughs> yeah, so we because uh, everyone dropped their movies off at noon, and we checked them in despite what you people thought. <laughs> if you got a late fee, it's because you dropped it off late. Late fees were still bullshit, but it's because you dropped them off late. I will agree wholeheartedly <laughs> on that. Uh, and there was nothing better than when your kid rented a movie and returned it late, and you didn't know about it, and you explained that, I'm sorry, but you did return this Nintendo 64 game uh, two days late, and there is a late fee that'll need to be paid before you can go and rent your new movie here. I'm sorry. Also, did I'm assuming just like us, you guys had a grace window, right? The movies were due at noon the next day, which was stupid in and of itself. Ours were by, by open. Well, next, it was due by 10. noon, but 3 o'clock was when it started. And again, it was automatic. We didn't charge these people fees. The computer did it. And so what we would do is we let the box fill up till 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we em- so we emptied it at 10. We emptied it at noon. We emptied it at 2. And there was a grace period till three. So if someone handed us the movie, we checked it in. Mm-hmm. But if it was after two, you're already two hours late. We didn't empty the box again. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't. We didn't do a whole lot for that. Like it was oh, one we, of those. We did because we the, had override stuff that we could do. We did too. And we did and, too. And I'll be honest, a lot of my friends didn't pay late fees when they probably should. have. Oh, most of our regular customers never pay late fees, no matter how late they were. Well, that's now. Obviously, I'm sure you had the customers you liked, but what about the customers that you dreaded? Did you? We had a particular gentleman. Again, oh, we had a whole family. Well, for us, it was this one guy who came a couple times a week, but always on uh, Tuesdays, you know, because new movie day. And he would literally show up at about nine fifteen. We close at ten, and you were going to count that he was going to be there till at least ten fifteen. Yep. And I literally. I've locked the doors and more people cannot come into the store while I'm waiting for this guy to finish up. And it would be a matter of, I would have to go and let him know. I believe his first name is Paul. Cannot remember his last name at the moment. But Paul would literally come in and there was nothing more that drove us nuts. Me and my friend Christina specifically worked a lot together. And it would be like, great. Paul's late tonight. So he's now showing up at 930, which means it's going to be even longer before he uh, is ready to go. And I usually would go and over and talk to him specifically 10 minutes before we close and be like sir the store is closing in 10 minutes just a heads up because again we knew that he was going to take forever and yeah. there was one particular day again it was like almost 10 15 and i literally just started turning off some lights to, turn it, yep. to try to make him move and he's like oh you guys don't need to rush I'm, I'm, I'm coming and it's just like well sir i do have to and with our system because we were basically expected to be out of the store by 10 40 yeah and if we weren't by 1040... It automatically checked you out? We got, well, we got a call from the security company at 1040 that the alarm had not been set yet. Gotcha. And so it would drive me insane. Because again, you know, like Monday nights would be, you know... Monday you know, nights were a long close. Friday and Saturday were a long close. Exactly. Yeah. So it was one of those things that, again, 
try to get everything set as much as you can, you know, including counting drawers ahead of time before you probably really were supposed to, but it would be a matter of like, okay, we put a piece of paper down to let us know like, okay, this drawer is set. Anything above this is whatever. But we, uh, we absolutely uh, drive us nuts. And again, getting back to hiring somebody under 18 was this kid, Ryan, love you to death, Ryan. He was a good friend of mine's younger brother. He got hired, could not count a drawer if his life depended on it. Yeah. And it was one of those things that he would, again, he had to be done by 10 o'clock. So I would send him, you know, most people we could send back about 15, 20 minutes before the end of their shift. They can get their drawer counted, then come back up. You know, we know that everything's all set. I started having to send him at like nine o'clock to do his drawer because he could not count a drawer. And it'd be funny because his mom would be literally out front, like getting very impatient waiting to pick him up because he's still counting a drawer. And I remember there was a couple times I finally started just letting his mom know, I'll just drive him home if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just drive him home. Because it's one of those things. He wasn't that far away from me and it was going to take way too long. But yeah, he couldn't count a drawer. Now, that counting drawers does bring me into a story and you refer to your manager X. Yeah. And uh, I also had a quote unquote manager X along with, let's call it assistant manager Y. And they basically... Uh, again, we had had numerous transitions throughout our trying to find a new store manager. Well, we got this lady who suddenly relocated to Maine. Her husband took over our Biddeford store. Biddeford kid. Biddeford. Biddeford. And then we had the, she ran the Scarborough store. And this is a manager I could not stand. We did not see eye to eye. Now, again, as I explained before, I was going to college. So I had limited hours. This was already starting to become an issue for her. Like, Never been an issue with any of the other previous managers. Explained to them, this is my schedule. This is what I can do, what I can't do. Now, again, like Blockbuster, we were open 365 days a year. Now, our hours were limited on things like Christmas and Christmas Eve slightly. Not dramatically, but we did cut back our hours a little bit on those days. Lucky. Yeah, it was great. And I had never worked on Christmas Day, ever. I had very much made it a point that it's not happening because I had, you know, kid of divorced parents. Yeah, I, had right. to, I had two different Christmases that I was dealing with. Plus I was dealing with going to visit other family as well in the day. I just wasn't going to do it. Never been an issue. We had multiple people who were fine with working those days. So our store was always covered. It was never, we were never struggling for it. And actually what came to my final straw of me basically leaving the store was I had explained that uh, we had a staff meeting. I had literally submitted my hours for December and I had written off on Christmas because I wasn't going to work it. And it came down to her, her basically uh, having a staff meeting early one Sunday morning and handed everybody a photocopied uh, page of our employee handbook stating that all time requests off are at the discretion of the manager. Ugh. She highlighted it and said every single person will work a shift, even if it's a two hour shift on Christmas. I that's, don't care. That's awful. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And then there were all the other employees are like, we have this covered. We did this. It's most of us that were working last year. Yeah, we, we already can, know what we're doing. Yeah, we can do this. this. These two will open. These two will close. We're fine. Because again, I think they didn't open until three, I think, or two. I think it was a two to uh, ten day on Christmas. Oh, that's that. So the, that again, would have been it really nice. So it really wasn't terrible, but it was just for me. I had never done it in the years past. You only really need four people to run this, that store. And even then, you don't really need even that many. You could have gotten away with pretty much two people, one to open, one to close, and it would have been probably fine. Or even the same people could have done the whole day. But it was just like, 
she basically said no. And I said, well, I guess you're going to have to consider this my two-week notice. I'm not doing it. And I'd already been dealing with the month before trying to get the transferred out. She wouldn't do it. So with her, at the end of the night, being one of the people who closed the store a lot, I very rarely did opens. We ended up, uh, I perpetually noticed the drawers would be off. Five to $10 for deposit. So I would call her at night and be like, hey, heads up, I'm noticing... Um, these drawers are off. Oh, oh, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Okay. I'll take care of it. She'll review it in the morning. And a couple times she told me I was wrong, that the drawers were fine. And I'm just like, no. Because I, again, I would have somebody else count them as well. Because I'm like, I'm not stupid. I know how to count drawers and count a deposit. Something is off here. And so definitely knew something was going on. And... The assist, uh, the regional manager, I guess, was not particularly a big fan of this uh, lady, and she was required as a manager. She was required that she was supposed to be working either a Friday or Saturday night every week. She uh-huh. was supposed to be in store. She never was, and it would be one of those things that the store man, the regional manager, started popping into our store unannounced on Friday and Saturday nights, looking to see if she was there. She wasn't, um, and her and the assistant manager were super close. And so what happened, which I personally think is a little bit funny, they told her, oh, we're going to give you a new store. We're going to move. She was living in, uh, by Sanford, Maine, and they were opening up a new Sanford store. You're going to get that. So told her she was moving. Can you uh, help get the new person already at uh, Scarborough? Cool. She gets that new person ready, who's actually her assistant. She literally shows up day one of her new store in Sanford. And they fire her. Good for them. So they get rid of her. Now, the the ultimate karma is... Now, that happened, I think, in January. And then uh, a few months later, I had been working at the Mill Creek store when all of a sudden one of my coworkers at the Mill Creek store goes, did you hear what happened at Scarborough? No, do tell. All of a sudden, loss prevention rolled into the, uh, the Scarborough store. Ah, the wonderful loss prevention folks. And... Um, my buddy was working at the time, the one who couldn't count drawers for the life of him, and he told me all about what happened, where they suddenly grabbed the assistant manager, now manager, pulled her in the back, showed her a tape of her taking cash, and walked her out of the store. And she uh, was done. (laughs) Wow. And now our store didn't have cameras that we knew about. Yeah. So they, and I'd heard stories that uh, they were actually talking about putting potentially having hidden cameras get put in our store because we were dealing with a major loss prevention issue because we had people now with DV- the invention of DVDs, you couldn't stick a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a device on them at the time or one of those little things. The Blockbuster the tried and it broke people's DVD players. Yeah, exactly. So they never did that, but we had locking cases for those. Now, the way that people got around that was they took a utility knife and cut the up and then just would cut the spine of the uh, thing. And we would find, especially in the children's section of all places, discarded DVD boxes with the spines cut and the DVD removed, but the lock's still on them. We lost so many video games. Yeah, our video so games, many. we actually started not even keep. We You brought us the box and we kept a binder up front. And That's, yeah, that, that ended up happening too. We had to do that, but... And so there was talk at one point that they may put hidden cameras in our store because of the fact that we were dealing with such a loss prevention issue. And again, we're literally showing them this and it's like, 
again, they tried to include, increase some of the staff, but again, it happened on a busier Friday or Saturday night. And, you know, we have to be running registers. Yeah, we, exactly. We can't be out on the floor looking around because we usually only had a two-person staff. Occasionally, we'd have three if it was we had a feeling it was going to be a really busy night. But, yeah, so knowing that those two people got got their comeuppance. Yeah, was, I, was, I can't believe you had a story almost exactly the same as mine. That's Yeah, yeah no, again, it's, listening it's, to it's, your it's, other it's, episodes. It's almost like, you know, there's shitty people in the world. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was really... Uh, Again, listening to your podcast, it just brought back all these amazing memories of working at Movie Gallery. And I'm just like, oh, so they dealt with all that same stuff, too. That's awesome. So that's why I knew immediately I had to tweet at you that I'm about bringing... See if you want to talk to people from a rival store. So I got to say, we've been talking for about an hour now. And no, that's awesome. And to think that we didn't actually work together and yet we still have all this material... Is awesome. So this is continuing to remind me of how good of an idea this podcast was. Um, I think we should try to bring it to a close. Do you have anything else from, no, I, from your I stuff? I think that's it for now. I definitely wouldn't mind coming back if you want. Oh, absolutely. No, I think we got to awesome. do it more. Um, so what I was going to say is um, I'll get to the point. Now, did you guys do – you didn't do like the favorite rental thing, but you've, you've listened to the podcast. You get yeah. what I'm going to do. So because it's you, mm-hmm. my employee favorite pick for the week is the Lego movie, which if it had been available to rent – when we worked at that store, it would have been such a wonderful thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I mean, this goes without saying, I the Lego movie is one of my favorite movies of all time at this point now. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's it's basically like laser directed at me and you, for oh. that matter, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, we um, watched a lot in our house. Now, if, if I was to rent the Lego movie, what would you come up with for a, um, a pick to go along with it? What would you recommend to me, my friend? <sighs> Well, again, knowing you, but it doesn't pair well necessarily. Doesn't with... matter. Okay. Well, again, I'm I'm gonna go personally one of my favorites. Um, how about Monster Squad? See, Monster Squad goes perfect with the Lego Movie, in my opinion. Okay. Well, because I... and again, let, let me tell you why. Because the Monster Squad was like my first horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about the Monster Squad is it's a damn good universal horror movie in its own right, mm-hmm. but it's also a damn good kids movie and it's well an '80s kids movie. You really can't show it to really little kids now. But um, <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Um, I love the hell out of Monster Squad, and I think it, it's that whole it's it's a movie that gets kids in the door because of the kid like stuff. The Lego Movie gets you in the door because it's a brand that you like, but there's so much more going on, so much more references, and I, I think you know like. Kids, that could be the first time they see Batman on screen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a movie, Monster Squad. It's like, man, this is my first horror movie. I want to see all these other movies with these characters in it. I got to see them. And I, that's why I think Monster Squad's a perfect pick. Wow, you made my pick seem way better than it was going to be. No, no. So what's so what's your um, movie that you're going to come up and rent today? Uh, let's see. So many choices. I literally beforehand was thinking, what do I go with? Um, but I, I personally, I'm going to have to go Toxic Avenger, the original. Hell yeah. You know, again, one of my favorites definitely was on the employee pick wall for myself more than once. So if you come up with a Toxic Avenger, um, you know, I've got to, got to go with Slither. You already mentioned it, but Slither in the vein of, and I'm going to say this again, rehire James Gunn, assholes. Um, Slither is James Gunn's uh, movie back when he was still in the trauma type of mindset writing the not-so-great jokes on Twitter. But Slither is a nasty, really well-done body horror movie in the same vein as, like, um, the the, the um, uh, Toxic Avenger and um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, um, Tremors. You know, all of these movies are kind of in the same vein as each other. But it is nasty. It also has Michael Rooker. Yondu. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that. So, uh, 
Cool. So that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, as always, you guys that are listening to this, this is kind of the shtick I'm going for. This might become something new when I run out of people to interview that worked for video stores. Um, it could end up being a thing where we talk about, you know, driving horror movies and stuff like like Dan and I were just doing. I see this expanding a lot. I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you have stories, please send them to me. Um, if you want to be on the show, I can do this remotely. So just shoot me a Twitter message. It'd be awesome. Um, again, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash thechippa. Um, I also do the Chipman Brothers Tangent with my brother, Movie Bob, Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility with my wife. Um, I can be found at, at thechippa on Twitter. Um, and do you have anything you want to plug? Any websites or things you like that you might want people to look at while you have a voice? Um, well, again, I'm very much enjoying your podcast, but I will throw out just a couple of podcasts I listen to on a pretty regular basis Sweet. Um, as a comic book geek. I listened to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, which just, you know, going through the whole history of X-Men, which is straight up amazing. And And, all over the fucking place, which is even better. Oh, absolutely. And uh, another one in that same sort of vein is uh, Tighten Up the Defense, which is um, basically alternating weeks between the new Teen Titans and Marvel's The Defenders uh, from the 70s. And Hub, who runs that, is straight up amazing. Him and his brother, Corey basically get drunk and talk about old comic books and it's awesome that's awesome um and also i i need to redo my intro because uh at the time of talking about this the alaska blockbusters which were still open have now closed and there's only one left i think it's in oregon i don't know why yeah (laughs) but there's one left in the united states um so there you go uh I'd, I'd like to plug the big, big brown chair i've been plugging that a lot lately that's my friend peter from college's um website him and a bunch of librarian friends of his and i think it's expanded more review movies review podcasts review books um and i'm gonna be uh writing some stuff for him soon that's gonna show up on there so i want you guys to find him share his site it's the bigbrownchair.org um now i always end this with like a play on a blockbuster did movie gallery have any like sayings you know, I was actually trying to think of that, and I don't think we ever really had any of oh, the, okay. the, the sweet, cheesy sayings like you guys. That That's fine. So, anyway, as always, thank you for making it a Talkbuster night or day or whenever the hell you're listening to this. This has been Chris and Dan. Please be kind. Rewind. Have a good night.